Welcome to Making the Most of Time with me, Elliot Apple. I'm a financial planner and caregiver. To give you a little background, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer when I was 25. Our world was changed instantly, and it's been a constant state of change ever since. Since then, I've been learning about the intersection of money, health, and loss, personally and professionally. This is a place to explore money, loss, and grief. It's about making the most of time, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. There are no taboo topics, no question is off limits. These conversations are for people like you, people who are about to lose a significant other, widows, caregivers, and anybody affected by a major health event. I'm glad you're here. So with that, let's start making the most of time. We get to talk about something that people often don't talk about in personal finance, earthquake insurance. You have your homeowner's insurance in place, but what about earthquake insurance? Is earthquake insurance worth it? Your typical homeowner's insurance policy won't cover damage due to an earthquake, which means if you suffer damage due to an earthquake, you may be required to pay everything out of pocket. That could potentially mean footing the bill to rebuild your house if it falls off the foundation and collapses. Earthquake insurance is a coverage many people go without. Is that a good decision? Let's talk about what earthquake insurance covers, how much it costs, earthquake hazards in different states, where you can buy it, and how to think about whether you want to buy earthquake insurance. So what is earthquake insurance and what does it cover? Earthquake insurance may provide coverage for damage caused by earthquakes. It could provide funds for damages to your home, other structures on your property, a place to live temporarily while your home is being repaired, or to replace personal property. Generally, homeowners insurance policies do not cover earthquake damage, which is why earthquake insurance can often be added to your homeowner's policy or bought through a separate policy. Earthquake insurance may cover one, dwelling, two, other structures, three, personal property, four, loss of use or additional living expenses. Let's talk about dwelling first. Similar to homeowner's insurance, earthquake insurance may cover the cost of repairing or rebuilding your home. This could help repair the foundation, garage, or anything else attached to the home. Often, brick or stone masonry are excluded from earthquake insurance policies because they're more likely to be damaged in an earthquake. Pull up any image of buildings after an earthquake and you'll see that bunch of brick structures usually fall over while everything made out of wood or other things usually fare okay. Next, let's look at other structures. This may cover other structures that are detached from your home. Typically, if it's connected to your house's roof line, it falls under dwelling coverage. If it's not attached to your house's roof line, it falls under other structures. For example, other structures coverage may pay, may pay to repair or replace detached garages, gazebos, or fences. Next, let's look at personal property. If your personal possessions are damaged in an earthquake, earthquake insurance may help replace them. It could include items like your bread, kitchen table, clothes, jewelry, musical instruments, and more. Keep in mind that certain items above certain values may need to be scheduled in the policy. For example, your policy may only provide coverage for jewelry up to $2,000. So if you had a $10,000 necklace, you might need to schedule that in the insurance policy. So you'll want to check with your agent on that. Last, let's look at loss of use or additional living expenses. If your home is uninhabitable after an earthquake, loss of use or additional living expenses coverage may help cover the cost of living elsewhere while your home is repaired. Could also pay for increased transportation or food costs. I think this is a really important one that is often not talked about enough because if you think in insure after an earthquake, 
most of the homes, or at least I imagine a lot of the homes might be damaged after that. So it may be very challenging to find a place to live and all the places that are available are likely gonna be inflated in cost during that time, which means that loss of use coverage is probably gonna be worth a lot more at that time. So what does earthquake insurance actually cost? No surprise here, earthquake insurance is expensive, very expensive. Oftentimes it can double someone's homeowner's insurance premium. In a lower risk state, it might only be $100 to $300 a year, but in states that are more likely to experience an earthquake, you might pay $800 to $3,000 annually. In my experience, I see most people in higher risk areas pay somewhere between $1,000 and $2,000 annually. The cost is gonna be based on many different factors, such as where you live, your home's building materials, the age of your home, and the home value. For example, if you live in California or Washington state, those areas are experience more earthquakes, which means you would normally pay more than, say, someone living in Wisconsin. If your home uses more expensive building materials, those are more expensive to repair, which means your premiums may be higher for earthquake insurance. Older homes may not be built up to the same standards today. Some people choose to retrofit their homes, such as bolting their home to the foundation to make them safer in an earthquake. Some insurance companies won't offer earthquake insurance if your home is not bolted to the foundation, which means you may have limited coverage options if you have an older home that is not retrofitted. Even if you have an older home and are able to get coverage, it may be built in a way that is less likely to survive an earthquake, which could drive up your earthquake insurance costs. Your home's value also influences the earthquake insurance premium. If you have a $300,000 home, that's much cheaper to replace than a million dollar home. The only way to know your exact cost is to contact an insurance agent or broker who has access to earthquake insurance and can provide a quote, but I'm going to guess you might see premiums between $1,000 to $2,000 in higher risk areas. The other frustrating part about earthquake insurance is that deductibles tend to be high, often 10 to 20% of the dwelling coverage. What this means is that if you had dwelling coverage of $500,000 and a deductible of 10% for earthquake insurance, you'd be on the hook for $50,000 before your earthquake insurance would actually pay anything. In many cases, an earthquake may only do twenty dollars to $50,000 in damage, which means you wouldn't want to file a claim because it's below the deductible amount. In these situations, earthquake insurance is really protecting the very worst possible scenarios where your home slides off the foundation and it's crushed beyond repair, you just have to start new. For many people, it's tough paying over $1,000 annually knowing you still might need to pay fifty dollars or $100,000 or more, depending on your insured's home value, as a deductible before your insurance company pays. However, in my opinion, $50,000 is still a better price to pay than $500,000 if you have to rebuild your home. Earthquake insurance is expensive, and with high deductibles, you will still usually be responsible for paying a significant amount before your earthquake insurance provides benefits. Which states have the highest earthquake hazards? It's impossible to know when and where an earthquake will hit. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, we were always told to expect an earthquake in our lifetime because scientists estimate a major quake happens once every few hundred years, and the last one happened more than 300 years ago. California is also very familiar with earthquakes, but where are the largest hazards? Thankfully, the USGS created a hazard map showing the frequency of damaging earthquakes shaking around the US. There's a good chart on my blog article, uh, but if you can't see that, I'll try to describe it for you. The largest hazards are in and around Seattle, large parts of California, though there are areas in the West as well as some of the Southern states and parts of the Northeast where there is greater hazards. USGS, 
S estimates that nearly half of Americans are exposed to potentially damaging earthquakes. The states with the highest populations exposed are California, Washington, Utah, Tennessee, Oregon, South Carolina, Nevada, Arkansas, Missouri, and Illinois. What's interesting about this map is that there are also black outlines on it that show that where the number of occurrences of damaging shaking could go up because of induced earthquakes, which are caused by human activity. Human activity may include activities such as fracking. And in the chart, it's striking that in quite a few areas of Texas, there is not a high hazard of natural earthquakes, but there are more induced earthquakes. So even if you don't think you necessarily have a risk of having a natural earthquake, you may still be in an area where there are induced earthquakes. This map, and I encourage you to go online and look at it, can help you understand the earthquake hazard in your area, but it won't tell you the particular risk you face or whether you whether earthquake insurance is worth it. Which brings us to really the core of the question here of, do I actually need earthquake insurance? Now that you know what earthquake insurance may cover, the cost, and which states have the highest earthquake hazard, let's answer whether you need earthquake insurance. As with most personal finance decision, it depends. According to the USGS, you should consider the following factors. How close you are to active earthquake faults, frequency of earthquakes in your region, time since the last earthquake, building construction, architectural layout, materials used in your home, quality of the build, type and condition of your soil, slope of your land, fill material, geologic structure of the earth beneath your land, annual rainfall, value of your home, and personal possessions, cost of the insurance, and deductible. Those are great aspects to consider. It's a very exhaustive list. I get a little tired or worried about trying to cover that all. So I came up with two questions sort of to simplify things here for you. One, am I using the equity in my house during my retirement? And two, if I needed to rebuild my house using my own assets, would that radically alter my financial independence plan? If you plan to sell your home, downsize, and invest some of the proceeds or use equity from your home in other ways during retirement, I think it's reasonable to consider earthquake insurance. For example, if your financial independence plan relies on, say, $500,000 in proceeds from selling your home to fund your living expenses at some point in retirement, what if that money is not available because an earthquake destroys your home? Wouldn't it make sense to protect that future retirement income through earthquake insurance? I can't say for certain it makes sense, but it is something to consider. Another way to approach it is if you could easily rebuild your home without changing your retirement, then maybe earthquake insurance isn't needed. However, if you had to spend a good chunk of your retirement portfolio to get back into a home after an earthquake, and that affected how much you could spend later, meaning it changes your quality of life, it may make sense to pay earthquake insurance premiums for the extra protection. In short, if your home is a big asset in your financial plan and you couldn't easily afford replacing it, earthquake insurance is worth considering. Now, you've gotten to the point, maybe you decide you want to buy it or you want to get a quote. Where can you actually buy it? Where do you look? I recommend contacting your current insurance agent or broker to ask if your current company can provide a quote for earthquake insurance. If you're considering earthquake insurance, it's also probably a reasonable time to shop around and compare rates for your homeowner's auto and umbrella insurance coverage. If you can't find an insurance company that will provide earthquake insurance, you may be able to find a standalone policy. For example, Geovera and Arrowhead are two companies that may offer a standalone earthquake insurance policy in California, Oregon, and Washington. California residents also have the option of buying a California Earthquake Authority CEA, policy through their existing homeowner's policy. They even have a tool online where you can estimate the costs yourself. 
Not every insurance company sells earthquake insurance, which means if you want it, you might have to do a little more research and a little more digging. Final thoughts and a question for you. Deciding to buy earthquake insurance is a personal decision. For some people, it's a worthwhile expense. For others, they see it as a waste of money. There is no right decision when it comes down to earthquake insurance and whether it's worth it. If you're wondering whether I have earthquake insurance, I do. I own a home in Seattle on a very steep hill. Although coverage isn't cheap, I get peace of mind knowing that if I need to completely rebuild my house or live somewhere else, I have coverage, even if it requires a huge deductible. I also think about how if I'm living in Seattle, it's likely going to be really challenging to find accommodations after an earthquake, and even if I can find them, I think the cost will likely be drastically inflated. That's when the loss of use could be worth a considerable amount, in addition to the funds provided for rebuilding the house. As with every personal finance decision, you need to weigh the risks and decide whether earthquake insurance is worth it in your situation. I'll leave you with one question to act on. Will you get a quote for earthquake insurance? Elliot Apple is an investment advisor representative of Kindness Financial Planning, LLC. However, in hosting this podcast, Elliot is not acting as an investment advisor representative individually or on behalf of Kindness Financial Planning. The information and opinions in this podcast are for general, informational, and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and such opinions are subject to change. No representation is made as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Any past performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices referenced are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. All investments involve a certain level of risk. You should carefully consider if an investment is suitable for you before making an investment. Please consult your legal, financial, and other professionals to determine what may be appropriate for you.